guys, this is Leva Bates. This is Rich Bokini. This is Steve Young. Teddy Stigma, the world's worst role model. E-F-F-Y-F-E. This is Holiday. This is El Serpentigo. The princess of pro wrestling, SoCalVal. And we are the Ugly Ducklings. And you are listening to the only wrestling podcast that calls it right down the middle, the whole Reffin Show. And now... The wrestling podcast that calls it right down the middle. The whole Reffin Show. Hello, everybody. Welcome to yet another exciting edition of the only wrestling podcast that calls it right down the middle. That would have to be the whole Reffin Show. I would have to be Perry Smith. Uh, then I reckon I would have to be Darren Beasley. You reckon so? Huh? Uh, I sprechen the Deutsch. I was gonna say that. Aww, <laughs> Aww. We, are, we are the same person. We are friends, aren't we, Coily? One of us could do this podcast and just argue with oneself. Uh, so welcome everyone to the show. Uh, welcome back, hashtag dear listeners, and welcome, hashtag new listeners. We know you're out there. We sure there are some listeners who are curious about this podcast, because they know for a fact, folks... They will be seeing us live at the Hippodrome in Gainesville, Florida, at the Fest Seventeen. So they're curious. They're trying. They're wondering if they want to buy tickets. Yeah. To the whole reference show live, so you can say they're a little buy curious. They, they're buy curious. <laughs> uh, I thought this was going to be a curia on the drag joke. <laughs> what? I was. <laughs> I, was <laughs> I was waiting for that. Um. So yeah, absolutely. We are going to be. We haven't talked about this enough on the show. It is a really big deal. Uh, it's I, a really big show. It's a. It's not the. It's big not the show. big show. It's not the big show, folks. No. That's right. Uh, the Hippodrome will be there on October twenty seventh for our show at six fifteen. We won't be alone. There'll be a couple other podcasters there as well. Uh, what Alicia podcast will be there as well as Angry Girl G R R R L. Uh, music of the Indie Rock Persuasion. So a lot of great podcasts will be there. It starts at 4 o'clock the doors. Not Jim Morrison and, and Robbie Krieger and, and, and all the rest. Um, <laughs> they will not be there. That's the doors open, I am told. The people never get tired of that joke. And all the rest. Uh, did you just did you just Gilligan's Island theme the rest of the doors? I did, yes. Oh, yes. That well, is, that's not cool. <laughs> this is Jim Morrison... Robbie and Krieger, the rest. Robbie Krieger, and everyone else, the attractive girls and the old people, uh, are here on the doors island. <laughs> so it's going to be three great shows at the Hippodrome on October twenty seventh. Get there, folks. Go to thefestfl.com and get yourself some tickets for the show. There's no walk up sales. You have to get them online. No ticket. That's right. They'll throw you out of the zeppelin. <laughs> onto a big pile of luggage for all you Last Crusade fans. You got that reference. I uh, get that reference, and I'm not even a Last Crusade fan. Uh, I'm not a fan of Indiana Jones at all. And that we can talk about that later, Darren. Um, so yeah, do that, folks. Come see us live. We're going to perform live. This is our second time at the fest. Last year was a lot of fun. We had Rich Bokini, hashtag friend of the show, Rich Bokini. Well, all these guys are friends of the show All now. these people are, uh, yeah. I, I can avoid that hashtag altogether. So we had uh, Rich Bokini, we had Max Gregg, the commentators from Fest Wrestling, uh, as well as current Fest Wrestling champion, Effie. Uh, Matt Cross was there, and of course, Chuck Taylor, also there. Uh, a lot of fun talking wrestling with all those guys. All those guys know their shit, and it was great shooting the shit with those guys. 
Yeah, and uh, I guarantee you we will have an illustrious panel, and we're going to talk about we're going to talk about pro wrestling, independent wrestling, punk rock music, uh, Gainesville, Florida, the fest. What these Island. guys are up to? D Darren's dislike for Indiana Jones movies. <laughs> we might. I, I, we, I, 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 hey, trigger warning! Uh, if don't bring up Indiana Jones. Any of them. I'm not like... Because uh, there, there, there's somebody out there who's going, surely he just means the Crystal Skull, because nobody liked that. Right. No, I don't like any of them. But I, I like that you know well enough to, to mention that. Like You know that you especially have to hate that one. Well, I, I don't like any of them. Okay. That doesn't mean I'm not aware of them. That's really unfortunate that you don't like those movies. Uh, it's fine. I can live with it. I can live with that. I mean, it, it's... That, that's good. I'd hate for you to just drop dead right now because well... you couldn't live with it. <laughs> well, I hope that that shock would would encourage you to watch the movies. In that case, I know it wouldn't. It wouldn't. I know it would not. But I, I know a girl. I would be terribly sad that you died. I'd be even. I'd be very. I'd be bewildered at the fact that that's why you died. Right. And I would still continue to not watch. Oh, and by not watching them, I've seen them. Right. It's not that I, you just don't I haven't them. seen them. I just don't like them. That's fine. That's totally fine. I know a girl who refuses to watch any Star Wars movies. Wait, okay, so hasn't seen. Hasn't seen. And refuses and to. And refuses to see. Now, that's just stubbornness. No, no, no. It's, it's a dislike for Harrison Ford, which you... You can get behind because you do not like Indiana Jones movies, and those are Harrison Ford. I movies. don't dislike Harrison Ford. You just said you don't like Indiana Jones, and they are one of the same, Darren. They're not. And also, <laughs> why can't I dream of Harrison Ford? Yes, TMNT reference, ladies and yeah, gentlemen. Judith Hogue, Judith Hogue for life, for life. Um, so yeah, well, this one's not about Indiana Jones. Uh, this one's actually about wrestling. Today we're talking about. Uh, injuries, injuries galore in the world of wrestling. Unfortunate, uh, they're always unfortunate. I'm not gonna make that joke again. Um, <laughs> you just did. Yeah, I just did, huh? Uh, Austin Aries out of Impact, and he he leaves in a very interesting way. We're gonna talk about that. What is, went down at Bound for Glory? Is he out? Who knows? He could be. He could be working it. He could be working us, Darren. Everything's a work. Everything is suspect. Everything should be examined under a microscope in the world of wrestling. Wrestling is real. Life is a work. Absolutely wonderful. What else we got, Darren? Well, we uh, we unfortunately have to. What's fresh off the presses? What are the hot scoops, baby? Well, unfortunately, we have a death to report. Oh no! <laughs> uh, so that's hot off the presses. For it's a uh, really exciting news, and um, uh, just as depressing was SmackDown 1000. Oh, Frex! <laughs> SmackDown 1000! What a scoop! So, uh, yeah, we've, we've got a lot to talk We're about. We're going to talk about the WWE's new uh, Cyborg SmackDown 1000. <laughs> SmackDown 1000. They programmed it for disappointment, because that's what we got, basically. Uh, so, yeah, all this to talk about. Let's start from the very beginning. It's a segment we like to call... Headlines. Looks like the first story on the news ticker today uh, is an injury. Again, we got a couple of injuries to report on, unfortunately. Uh, this one's coming out of New Japan Pro Wrestling. Will Ospreay is taking some time off uh, due to a rib injury he sustained at a show. Uh, he's taking some time off because they want him to heal up for his never open weight title match 
in Osaka on November 3rd against uh, Tai Chi. You want to hold on to your talent for that money show, let them rest, you know, until then. Plenty of New Japan talent to go around at those house shows. And so it's not like, you know, unless you're a huge Will Ospreay fan, you're not going to be super let down because it's like, oh, Will Ospreay's not here. It's okay. We got, we got, oh, what's his name who looks exactly like Will Ospreay? I don't pull a Jim Ross on me. <laughs> I was actually going to mention that earlier. I was going to ask if. I was just going to make sure you didn't get your news from Jim Ross. Oh, and he actually meant Zack Sabre Jr. Ah, yeah, and yeah. not Will Ospreay. If but Zack Sabre Jr. puts on the Ospreay gear, I think he, he might get away with it. Especially if Jim, Jim Ross is doing commentary. <laughs> Jim Ross, he won't know any better. Oh, that's sad. Um, so obviously Will Ospreay is going to be fine. Uh, he'll, be, he'll be returning to action in no time flat. Unfortunately, someone cannot say the same. Tegan Knox. Right. Tegan Knox. Right. She suffered an unfortunate injury. This is probably the one of the most unfortunate injuries next to tearing your scrotum, which also happened somewhat recently uh, with someone. Not Tegan Knox. Not Tegan Knox. She did not tear her scrotum. I don't know that she possesses the necessary uh, necessary um, equipment. Yes. Thank you, Brent. This actually happened in August. This was, of course, uh, for the May Young Classic. It was taped uh, just shy of two months ago. <laughs> Seven years ago, May Young Classic 2 was taped. But it, uh, it just aired uh, on Wednesday of this week, the second round match of the May Young Classic between Tegan Knox and Rhea Ripley. Tegan Knox goes for a suicide dive and bashes her legs on the ramp. Well, it's a little bit more than just a bashing. Uh, a bashing could just be a little bit of a bruising. But that will not be the case. Uh, torn meniscus on both knees. One of her knees suffered a completely torn ACL, MCL, and LCL. Severely dislocated kneecap. A fractured tibia. And multiple contusions to her shins. This sounds like uh, what the emergency room diagnosis is for someone who is unable to pull the ripcord on their parachute. Right. Like this is this is bad. This sounds like a physician like called up all the other physicians and said, "Come look at this. Like, come check this out. I got this one patient, man. I don't know what she did." Also, I mean, Teddy Stigma thought he had it bad. No, no. Tegan Knox, Jesus. Tegan Knox, if she's if she was wearing knee pads uh, and or kick pads, she uh, she needs to get her money back guaranteed. Right. Uh, because uh, they do not work. Yeah. Uh, I this is terrible to hear. Um, I don't know how long she's going to be out, uh, but it's pretty gruesome. If you ask me. That's got to be a year at least, right? I w- at least a year. Probably. Probably at least a year. And I know that that, that really screws things up for her. And that's just uh, not a good day in the uh, Tegan Knox, uh, also known as Nixon Newell, uh, camp. Right, absolutely. Well, I mean, we, we've been talking uh, off and on with Teddy Stigma on the show. A lot of the, the fans remember him. Uh, he's been rehabbing his leg ever since he uh, hurt himself at an NXT tryout uh, two years ago now. Uh, but of course, he was misdiagnosed, unfortunately, actually returned to action and uh, hurt his knee even more. 
Uh, and they were like, no, no, you, you hurt this, so you need to actually stay off your knee for a long time. And he's doing great now. He's doing the, the box jumping and all kinds of really cool videos and training videos that we've seen on his social media. Boy, I hate I hate jumping those boxes. I, I, I've never actually done it, and I, I don't think I could do it at any point in my life. Uh, but just watching people do it, I think I would, ne- I would never want to do that. I used to be very good at it. Oh, yeah? Uh, for a big man, I was quite nimble uh, oh, yeah? as a younger man. But I couldn't do it right now to save my life. <laughs> Maybe you saw a big enough rat. Um, you go, rat! And you would jump up on the highest box around. That would probably be the closest I could do. Okay, fair enough. So, obviously, we wish Tegan Knox all the best. Uh, looking forward to that diagnosis. Just want to know what that timeline is. For her return, I- I'm, I'm just curious in what, what it would take, how long it would take to bring her back. Because that's some straight-up seditious breaking his leg in WCW stuff. Just, it seems like her legs fell off her body uh, at that point, which is not funny at all, by the way. That's that is horrible and gruesome. Um, so yeah, all the best to Tegan Knox, of course. In other unfortunate news, we must report on the passing of Dick Slater, Richard Van Slater, who wrestled under the name Dirty Dick Slater for most of his career, has passed away at the age of sixty-seven. Dick Slater was uh, a, a common sight to see. In the 70s and 80s, Georgia Championship Wrestling, Jim Crockett Promotions. Ultimately, as the 80s gave way to the 90s and Ted Turner was in charge in Atlanta, of course, we're talking about World Championship Wrestling. Also, in Mid-South, you could find Dirty Dick Slater. He was, uh, this was a a rough-and-tumble type character. This is the man who would tag with Dick Murdoch, who would tag with Bunkhouse Buck, and uh, he was just that that southern man, gruff type of old school southern wrestler. You know, that's what Dirty Dick Slater represented. That's that's who he was. Right. And um, you know, that's that's his legacy. I think I have. I think about uh, their feud with uh, the Snyder Brothers uh, from early WCW. It's good stuff. Insiders got a good match with anyone back then. Why did the Steiners become what they became? What happened? Um, cocaine is a hell of a drug. Ah, it could be that. Could and be that. Uh, steroids, just you know, they're not good. They're not good in great volumes over extended periods of time. God, the Steiner brothers though, in the in the late eighties, early nineties. Oh man! Oh my God! Back when back when Rick had like the curly the curly. Long oh yeah, hair. man. Oh, I mean, all you have to do is look at our logo. See the fact that the cartoon oh, version yeah, of yeah, me. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. How could I forget? I mean, I, I wear the Rick Steiner headgear, and and that's entirely a tribute to Rick Steiner. That's true. It is not a tribute to amateur wrestling. Yeah. It's not even a tribute to wrestling as a whole. It is a tribute to Rick Steiner. See, we're trained to the, to, for people to see the headgear and not necessarily think of wrestling, but think of Rick Steiner. Like, if I showed you a hockey mask... You would not think hockey, you would think Jason Voorhees, Friday the 13th. Isn't that weird? That is very weird that people will look at a hockey mask and think Jason first, hockey maybe second. Yeah. Unless you're Wayne Gretzky, he'll probably go, hockey? Uh, maybe. I think another reason for that, I mean, that was certainly true even when most hockey masks looked like that, which is why Jason's mask was that. Right, right. But... Today, you'd be very hard-pressed to find a hockey mask 
that actually looks like that. That's true. Hockey masks have changed so much. They've turned into like these full helmets. They look like they look like a cross between like a, a motorcycle helmet, a space helmet, and a knight's armor. <laughs> like they're very they're very crazy. Have you seen old, a goalie's old, hockey, a, a hockey goalie's mask lately? Nineteen twenties deep sea diving where the where like the tube is connected to the helmet at all times. It kind of does, but like in a space age way. It's like steampunk. Oh wow. It's it's steampunk. It is kind of like that. But yeah, you're you're wearing the headgear, and I'm wearing the hitman shades in the uh, in, in the, the the promo picture, I guess, for our podcast. We're wearing the referee shirts. In case you're wondering, folks, yes, we do wear that when we record. <laughs> every time, every time, unless it's the fiftieth episode or the one hundredth episode, we are dressed to the nines in full suits. Uh, and tuxedos, if you will, and we're, we got the bubble with going. tails, with tails, uh, rabbit tails for luck. <laughs> that's a rabbit's foot, isn't it? <laughs> we're wearing rabbit, we're wearing tails. rabbit tails, rabbit tails because we're luck. murderous, horrible people. Um, so uh, you will actually see us in those outfits, folks, for our next live show at Fest Seventeen. Again, check that out. Uh, but to get back on task, uh, Dirty Dick Slater, R.I.P. Of course, and. Watching old wrestling, which I commonly find myself doing. Th- again, thank you to the network. One thing WWE did right, I must say. Um, I will look back fondly. That's right. R.I.P. to Dirty Dick Slater. In some other news, though, let's go over to Impact Wrestling. That fucking owl. That fucking owl. <laughs> the Great White North. Canada's little engine that can? Uh-duh. <laughs> right. Uh, tell us tell us about Austin Aries and Johnny Impact. Austin Aries uh, defended his Impact Championship against Johnny Impact at Bound for Glory. It was uh, the main event. It was a pretty great match between the two wrestlers. It was, however, Austin Aries' final match with the company. His final contractually obligated appearance uh, for Impact Wrestling, where, of course, he drops the title to Johnny Impact... Uh, Johnny Impact finished Austin Aries off with his finisher, Starship Pain. Pins Aries. Austin Aries immediately gets up, leaves the ring, flipping off Don Callis, who's the boss over there at Impact Wrestling these days, and our good buddy Don Callis. Uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> and um, kind of, yeah, yeah, no sells. Uh, he's, get, he's getting a lot of heat from the wrestling community about this. I don't know, not so much wrestlers, but I guess fans who thought it was pretty shitty. I think that's pretty shitty. You you, you might be upset with uh, you know management, but you're shitting on Johnny Impact by no selling his move. You know, but I don't. I, I haven't been following this story as closely as you have, and I just have a lot of questions. My first question is, what is the deal with Austin Aries? I thought Impact was serving as a pretty good home for him, where he could pop up in Ring of Honor, he could pop up uh, in MLW, he could pop up all over the place and maintain his identity as Austin Aries. He could carry around his titles. Hell, his he was banana exactly, and uh, he could have all of these titles in whatever organization he appeared in. Seemed like he was sitting on top of the world. He was in the proverbial catbird seat, and now he's uh, he's gone with the wind. He's gone, baby, gone. Well, I mean, it's it's 
again, you, you, it's wrestling, so you have to look at everything under a, a microscope. Um, it's possible that it's work. It could be a, an angle that they're doing at Impact, and, and, that, and that's, that's interesting. The, that's the thing I'm most curious about. That's interesting. Uh, if it's not, though, that's really shitty. Uh, but that's the issue at Impact Wrestling when someone from WWE gets fired... And they sign them and go, here's the title immediately. There's nowhere else to go but down. So, Well, I'm very curious. I'm going to be following this a lot more closely because I want to know all the details of what's already happened. And, of course, I, I want to be front row and be privy to everything that is yet to come. Because wherever he goes, unless Austin Aries is retiring from the ring, he presents to me... An opportunity for greatness no matter where he is. Not only for him, but for helping make the surroundings uh, that that he is uh, involved with better. I know you're a big Austin Aries fan. I enjoy uh, I enjoy his, uh, his wrestling ability. Uh, not a huge, huge fan, but I, I do see that he is very talented. Um, the Don Cal situation is kind of interesting. We don't really ever talk about this because we don't talk about impacts uh, as much as we should, maybe. I will say that. Uh, but Don Callis being in the, the high position that he is in, in Impact Wrestling, but doing, you know, not anymore, but was doing commentary for New Japan Pro Wrestling, that's kind of an interesting thing. I mean, ROH and, and NJPW are in cahoots. You know, that's very, very clear. They they share rosters constantly all the time. And that's great. It works out very well for both of them. Um, but, yeah, for... Don Callis to kind of go back and forth and wear the mantle of, like, boss. Like, someone who's, like, at a very high position of authority in Impact Wrestling and then just go do commentary for <laughs> for New Japan. It was kind of weird. And, again, we don't even know the reasons why Don Callis was taken off of uh, New Japan's commentary table. But, uh, obviously, there's a lot of intermingling and people wearing different hats in the world of wrestling for different companies. But that one, to me, was very, like, it's like Bischoff coming in to do some commentary for, like... Uh, you know, like when he's running WCW, basically coming to do commentary for like kind of WWE or something like that. Yeah, no, I I totally understand that. I've been just as confused by it as you have. Um, was Don Callis? Did they show him on camera? Do we know that? Was he on camera at Bound for Glory when we saw this interaction between him and Aries? I don't know. In the video, they don't show Don Callis. Um, I'd be interested to know if he actually was on screen. Uh, and if so, what was his reaction? Was he pulling that old Paul Heyman in ECW days where uh, you know he'd run out and he'd have the headset and the clipboard and that whole thing? Not because he was playing a character, but because he actually was backstage running the show right. and then would come out as that, as that character, because it, it wasn't a character. Um, the world may never know. Speaking of shows and confusion, SmackDown 1000, Darren. SmackDown 1000, which is not a cyborg. It is the 1,000th episode of SmackDown Live for WWE. What are your thoughts on the show, Darren? Be honest. Um, be brutally honest, and I know you will be. You know why. Why? This is the only wrestling podcast that calls it right down the middle. I that's what I, I was going to say that. I, I, I understood where we were going here. Uh, I hope by 103 episodes you get the gist. SmackDown 1000 was terrible. <laughs> Aaron, don't pull punches. Well, I will. This is what I wanted to say. I fully anticipated that we would have a great deal of time dedicated to talking about SmackDown 1000. I thought we would have this whole show, or at least a solid, lengthy, 
uh, segment where we broke pieces of it down, every piece, for example, and actually uh, considered at one point having a friend of the show and dear listener and a podcaster in his own right, Jameson Bennett, on to help us discuss, but there's nothing to discuss. Yeah, I, I don't really even want to discuss it that much. Because, uh, no, exactly. Because I, I'm just not a fan of this show at all. Um, it, it doesn't need, it doesn't warrant, it doesn't deserve all of our attention and discussion. It, it has this, like, fabricated specialness to it. Because, I mean, 1,000 episodes is a milestone, but it doesn't really mean anything, you know? It's, it's not like JR got shot on this one, you know what I mean? It's just another episode of SmackDown, and it's hardly even that. Well, the the few wrestling matches that are actually on the episode are super short. Well, then it's super hokey finishes. Uh, I'd say I'd say minus the Rey Mysterio uh, Shinsuke Nakamura match was actually a decent match. Um, you know, I don't agree with the outcome, of course, because I'm a big Shinsuke fan. Never have been really a big fan of Rey Mysterio, but. The, the Usos match against uh, AJ Styles and Daniel Bryan, um, which was great in concept because it's something you've never seen before. It ends so oddly and, and, and it's stupid. It, it's a dumb ending to that. The Rusev-Miz match, that's not even a match uh, with the Aiden English interfering. It up, is Miz hurt? Why are all these matches with the Miz ending in like two seconds? I, I don't know. I'm, I'm going starting on to think Miz might be hurt, but they don't want to... Pull him off the cards. Uh, could be. He's, he's the guy that never gets hurt. So if he gets hurt, he's not that guy anymore. Uh, the Bar versus uh, New Day was actually a good match, which ended with The Bar winning uh, the SmackDown Live Championship uh, tag team titles. Uh, unfortunately, Big Show decides to get involved in the match and chokeslam Kofi Kingston, which is like, why is Big Show here? All right, I'm going to disagree with you a little bit uh, on the is it special or not. A thousand is pretty crazy. I mean, that's a big number. So the it, the the nature of what the episode was, a, that number one thousand, I think that deserves some celebration, some recognition that uh, wouldn't necessarily have to have something fabricated. I so what I'm saying is, I think it deserves it. It called for it, but I will say this: it didn't get it. Right. And that's where I think you're absolutely right. That's where the fabricated nature of the celebration comes in. They they made they made it seem like it was going to be a huge celebration, but it wasn't. You see what I'm saying? They probably they probably it almost should have wasn't added... enough. No, no, it absolutely wasn't enough. I was gonna say they probably should have added an hour to SmackDown to make it a nice three hour because you got this you know, when Raw had its last anniversary, it was actually like there was enough time to actually include all the quote unquote old timers. The Raw twenty five special, and, yeah, exactly, and and the you know the, the 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 former wrestlers, the former GMs, whatever. And it was all this seemed kind of like a this seemed kind of like a medley. You know what I mean of of uh, of celebration. But even just, remember then, him, remember this, remember this, remember him, remember this. Good night, folks. Like that was it. But so, so again, n- not nothing, enough. No, no, absolutely, and, and nothing got its time that it should have gotten. And that right, even the clips. Right, I love a clip show. I know you do. This could have been two hours of clips, 
And it would have been better than what it was. It was, and you got this long uh, clip show at the very beginning, which was, which is well put together or whatever. It focuses too much on JBL, but that's just me. Um, and then later on, you get like stills, and it's 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 memories of SmackDown, but it's not new memories. It's it's stills from the clips that you saw earlier in the show. And yeah, it's like, that was strange. You know, other things happened on SmackDown. You know, there were a thousand episodes. Yeah, did they you guys did... just watch ten episodes and go, "That's good enough." Yeah, right. <laughs> it's like I want to know what happened to the years two thousand six through two thousand. 13. Right. Those were, it literally kept cutting back from like the first year of SmackDown to like the last two or three years. Yeah, I liked it. It was like, here's Kurt Angle with hair, and here is the New Day. Right, yeah. What? There's a whole lot that happened in between there. It's like all that happened in between uh, the Attitude Era and today is like the only glimpse into that whole period that we got was that they showed Eddie Guerrero. Right. That was it. All that other stuff. We got well, one picture of Heidenreich. Uh, it should have been half. It should have been three hours. It should have been half clip shows, and then maybe you don't even have matches. Have a couple, but have what you had with Evolution, with like three or four other examples. Like right. have first of all, figure out. I don't care what it takes. Figure out how to have the Rock there. <laughs> right? Not even John Cena was there. John Cena does a remote little uh, little promo. Uh, I mean, there's no reason to have Hogan there. Uh, but I mean... But you could. Undertaker comes out and literally says a paragraph and leaves. And that's how the show ends. Yeah, that was terrible. The end of SmackDown 1000 is just a, a, a promo for Crown Jewel. Which, by the way, is still happening as far as we know, folks. Yes, dear listeners. Crown Jewel... A week later, a week closer, and a week smarter, or it should be, <laughs> uh, apparently is not a week reconsidered. No. WWE is uh, full speed ahead. All signs point to yes. Yes. That Crown Jewel is yes. happening. Yes, is what Vince McMahon is saying. Uh, yeah, Vince McMahon sounds an awful lot like Daniel Bryan when money's involved. That's right. Uh, I mean, could it be the creative team is overextended because they're having to figure out Evolution and Crown Jewel? Because, again, these these are two two pay-per-view, non-pay-per-views. Which, I mean, they they don't fit in with the normal schedule of, of, you know, rivalries and storylines heading toward, you know, of course, it, it all culminates to WrestleMania. But... Um, it could be they're having to figure too many things out. So, it's like, oh, God, 1,000s next week? Oh, shit. Call call up Teddy Long and call up call up Vicky Guerrero. Okay, that's enough. <laughs> it's yeah, let's what just stop did. with that. Well, we'll just get some of the interns to make some clips and uh, get some screenshots for us to put up. And It was... Nostalgia! Remember yeah. this? Hey, remember this? Hey, hey. Remember this? That was literally SmackDown 1000. It was bad. It was absolutely terrible. As far as the nostalgia, there wasn't enough of it. As far as the the current wrestling continuity, there was definitely not enough of that. Um, so yeah, it, it was just disappointing on all, all it, fronts. I don't see failed. how anyone could be happy with it. The only thing I will say uh, did stand out was the Evolution reunion. It was better than it had the right to be. Uh, it was actually too, better than it should have been. Because I didn't, I didn't, you know, permission to speak freely. I didn't give a shit. 
that Evolution was getting back together again for this whole thing. But it was actually kind of cool to see them all together. Once, uh, once What's-His-Name mentioned that there were 40-something title runs between these four guys, it made me immediately sad. Because I was like, well, Ric Flair, he's like 16 of those. But, oh, God, Triple H held the belt that many times. Orton held the belt that many times. Uh, it doesn't mean anything anymore, does it? 49 world championships <laughs> between the four members uh, of Evolution. Wow. That, that's that's a little much. Um, I will say Dave Bautista on the microphone was pretty entertaining. I, I almost didn't recognize uh, Bautista because he wasn't painted green from head to toe. <laughs> uh, he wasn't Drax the Destroyer uh, from Guardians of the Galaxy. But uh, no, it, it was cool. And I was never really big in Bautista. And I do, I do like him in the cinematic world. I, I do like his Drax a lot. Um, so it kind of gave me a new appreciation. Uh, unless Triple H is in Guardians of the Galaxy and he becomes another character, um, I probably won't ever appreciate him. <laughs> uh, <laughs> just so you know. My, my, not, I wouldn't say dislike anymore. Okay, I, I will say that. I went from disliking Triple H for many years to being indifferent to Triple H. So, I guess that is a step in the right direction, right? That is a step in the right direction as uh, an accepting, mature human being. Thank you, thank you. Now, that's just my old age catching up with me where I kind of let some things go. If you can believe that. <laughs> Triple H had, was doing his, doing his damnedest uh, cool guy routine with his leather jacket and his black pants and even his John Wayne stance, like when he was, you know, when he sort of let Orton and then Flair and then Batista talk... He just stood there with his John Wayne, like, bow legs, with his thumbs in his jacket pockets, and I'm like, dude, you're like, you're not John Wayne, you're not James Dean, you're not Marlon Brando, you're cool in your own right, be your own cool, right? Like, don't, you're you're trying too hard, Triple H. I actually, I, I, I like Triple H in, in this role because uh, he knew that, you know, he's on, he's on enough. It needs to be about Flair. It needs to be about Orton. It needs to be about... Especially about Batista. I mean, they gave Batista, like, 50% of that time to talk. And that's the right thing to do because I... We haven't seen Batista in a ring in a very long time. But the fact that it's evolution, it kind of overshadows the fact that we haven't seen Batista in the ring in such a long time. Um, but it, there is a little tease there. Batista and Triple H. Where Batista reminds Triple H that he's never beaten him before. Yeah. Uh, which is which is kind of cool. And, and you, you remarked that you would actually like to see that match happen. And it could be a WrestleMania match. I would totally buy that match at WrestleMania. I would enjoy it. That's what needs to happen. Well, now they know that The Rock... They don't have The Rock on a hook anymore. I think The Rock feels like he's given back enough to wrestling... That he can be like, yeah, I, I appreciate what you guys are doing, but I'm going to... I know I know the show's named after my catchphrase and all, but uh, I'm really busy doing other stuff, Vince. He can say that now. So now they're like, oh, but Batista, he's in those, he's in those Guardians of the Galaxy films, and uh, we can cash in somehow. Um, so I think they're kind of looking at Batista now as like... Oh, well, that, that was, was that Jack Palance? No, no, no. <laughs> Yes, it was Jack Palance. Uh, yes, who did those? Uh, who did some very interesting commercials? You should YouTube Jack Palance and uh, commercial on YouTube, and you'll find some pretty good stuff. He does one for uh, he does one for I think it's cologne or like aftershave or something like that. Uh, it's good stuff. Oh, well then. I no, I would like to see. I would like to see Batista versus Triple H at WrestleMania, just because I'd like to see Batista in a wrestling match, and I think that uh, regardless of. 
his movie career, regardless of what The Rock's up to. Batista, in a wrestling match at WrestleMania, puts butts in seats. It, it raises the uh, prestige of the show. I think it brings uh, certain new eyes to the product. It elevates the card. It just does. And he's not quite an old man yet. And this doesn't... I think doesn't Batista, look like one, that's for sure. Batista and Triple H would not reek of the same potential ineptitude that Roman Reigns versus The Undertaker kind of felt like, or even Triple H and Sting. You know, Triple H and Sting put my fears to bed with their WrestleMania 31 match, but going into it, I was very unsure about it. I wouldn't be uncertain at all about Batista and Triple H, they both look like they they could have fought on SmackDown 1000, and I'd have bought into it. What I don't like is when a wrestler comes back, and we're trying to, to buy into it and believe it and care, but they don't look, sound, or feel like who they were. You mean every time The Rock comes back to WWE? No, I or disagree. It's no, longer, it's no longer The Rock, it's Dwayne Johnson playing The Rock. That your words, not mine. That is one area in which we Darren fundamentally Beasley. disagree. Who is the biggest rock fan? And it's not a fat joke that you ever knew back it's in you. the day with it's the rock. You. Who liked the rock before anyone else liked the rock? You. Thank you. That's not the rock. That is Dwayne Johnson. I don't care how many catchphrases he has. Now. I don't care about how many catchphrases he has either. But he looks ready to go. He looks more like an ass kicker than he ever did in the late 90s. When Your words, not mine, Derek. Okay, that's fine. I, I'm happy to... I'll stand by those words. I will I will patent those words. I will... I will, will pat pattern send those words? No. Okay, not that. When Dwayne shows up these days... He is every bit as believable as a potential uh, threat in a fight. Oh, no. I, I didn't say physically he wasn't all there. But, I mean, just, that's, just that's, mentally, that's enough. it's not the same thing. The only difference there is The Rock doesn't, I think, he doesn't want, he's done with wrestling. He doesn't want to come back to it. He wants to move forward. And that's very smart of him. He'll also, you know, save his body a lot of trauma uh, in the future. Uh, Batista for years has talked about returning to the ring, and they're just like, "Oh no, 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 no!" But now that he's somewhat famous from the Marvel movies, they're like, well, "Of course we'll have you back. We were always going to have you back. It's just we had to, we had to ruin, you know, Nakamura's career for a while." So uh, <laughs> is what it seems to me. So no, no, uh, Triple H and Batista—that's interesting to me. And again, I'm not a huge fan of either one of them, but the idea of it is very interesting to me. Uh, but again, that that's something you say for WrestleMania. You wouldn't have that just happen between now and then. No, and oh, WWE curb stomp. We're gonna have <laughs> we're gonna have Triple H versus Batista. It absolutely belongs at WrestleMania, and that's when I'm gonna go ahead and call it. That's when we'll see it. It's, oh, it will happen probably. That it'll happen then probably, or it could happen at Crown Jewel with the Saudis. It some could. More money. It could, or yeah. or the or the next Saudi Arabian show, everyone, which might be in January. Everyone comes out of retirement for these fucking Saudi Arabia shows. Jesus. Yeah, Shawn Michaels coming out. Now that's a whole other ball of wax. Him coming out of retirement for Crown Jewel, but we've got a whole lot more to say about Crown Jewel and Evolution. And Fest Wrestling We Are Family 2 
All of that's going to come up next week as we keep talking more and more about these upcoming shows. And when you say evolution, you don't mean the faction that reunited for a night. I don't. Weeks before the pay-per-view of same name, right? And when Triple H on SmackDown 1000 says these are men that epitomize the word evolution... Men that epitomize evolution. Right. We're talking about the women's evolution. In fact, we're going to have a show culminating in the women's achievements called Evolution. But remember, this is and there's not. There's no way that doesn't make any sense or confuses people. No, no, it's great. Well, right, because. It's very well thought out, Darren. Hunter is wearing. SmackDown wear... 1000 no, 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 is no, no, very no, no. well thought out. Hunter's wearing a t shirt and a leather jacket. <laughs> so, of course, right. when he says evolution, he's talking about. Orton, right? He's talking about uh, Captain Awol. Okay. He's talking about the Nature Boy, and he's talking about Daiquiri Dave. Daiquiri Dave, yes. So, uh, duh. If he's talking about the women's evolution, he would have to be wearing a tie. Of course. And he'd have to be Nice Guy Eddie. Right. Right? But no, this is Cool Guy. This is Cool Guy Hunter. Which they, again, they refer to him as Hunter. Yeah. Uh, or at least Batista does. And uh, because that's the mode he's in based on how he's dressed. That actually occurred to me when we were watching Super Showdown. We were watching Triple H take on Undertaker. And it occurred to me, I bet half of the casual wrestling audience does not know what Triple H stands for. Oh yeah, of course. No idea that it stands for Hunter Hearst Helmsley, um, just because they haven't referred to him by his full name in such a long time. He's been triple. It's like you know KFC. People probably don't know what that means anymore, or JCP. Well, not so much JCP. Um, you know what I mean, though. And we we talked about that before. I think like AMC used to mean American oh, yeah. Classics, and now it doesn't mean anything. But like they they've said, it doesn't mean anything. It just means AMC. Right. Like, it's like oh okay, it just means letters. Um, so anyway, that's just, that's just kind of, that thought occurred to me, and I thought that was very interesting. Um, so you have to know your history, folks, otherwise you're not going to get half of the reference from SmackDown 1000, and don't blink, because you'll miss a lot of people, um, that came a long way to go, hey, look at me! Well, see you later! (laughs) (laughs) And that's not okay. See you in the next 1000 episodes! Uh, And that's it, that's a review of SmackDown 1000, I wouldn't even say a review. It's not! I'll say that that's our critique of SmackDown 1000 and the, the, the Edge segment, I guess, we didn't really talk about with uh, Becky and, and Charlotte. And, and, yeah, and we don't need They're to. still really pushing this whole, no, no, Becky's the bad guy, you idiot. Stop cheering for Becky. And it's like, no. Um, <laughs> it's just sad. I don't know. WWE needs to get a lot of things straightened out. I think once we get past this hump of, uh, I don't like to throw evolution into it, but it's not part of the regular rotation. You can tell they're having to add a bunch of extra stuff. All these women coming out of retirement and just, you know, to be involved so they can fill the pay-per-view up, which is fine. It'd be cool to see a lot of these people, but storyline-wise, these people are not going to be sticking around. So it's just total, like, exhibition, which is what evolution is going to be, uh, unfortunately. Except for maybe the title scenes. Um, so yeah, I want to get past we're past Super Showdown. Let's get past Evolution. Let's get past Crown Jewel and get back into the regular continuity of storytelling uh, going into WrestleMania because you can tell it's really frying the brains of creative because they don't know what the fuck is going on. That is too true. I would like to see us get to a place in the WWE where things make a little more sense and flow a little more fluidly right. and a little less 
tiresomely. It's almost like we have to remember so many continuities and so many storylines now, and 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 total dead end feuds that we know are going to last for two shows, and it's like, why should I even care? And this what, isn't and anything. Du- yeah, and in the WWE, what is a feud anymore? Absolutely, it's not even a feud anymore. It's just a series of matches. Just have just There's have no two people fight. The the viewers decide who they who they like, who they cheer, who they boo. Again, they can't figure that out because again, Becky and Charlotte. That they can't get over the fact that, that Charlotte's supposed to be the good guy, but everyone's booing her. It's, get over it. Who cares? Yeah, we need... Vince McMahon, you said that good guy, bad guy was passe. You said that. You said that back in 1997, bud. Yeah, we need we need more. We absolutely need more substance. We need more feuds. We need something to mean a little bit of something. Yeah. But with the WWE... Uh, moving along sort of haphazardly, uh, we would be remiss if we did not address a show that is happening this weekend, and that is the 70th anniversary show for the National Wrestling Alliance. NWA! Yes, out of Tennessee, we will see the NWA World Heavyweight Champion Cody Rhodes defending that title. And this is a card... That I think is sort of trying to piggyback off of the success of All In. And that's fine. That's not a criticism. This is Billy Corgan's new NWA. This is Billy Corgan who allowed his championship, the NWA World Heavyweight Championship, the 10 pounds of gold, to transfer from his hand-picked man, Nick Aldis, to Cody. Who, as far as I know, has no specific business relationship with the NWA. It's Don Callis all over it. <laughs> it's purely uh, the the nostalgia of him being Dusty's son, the familial link, etc., etc. Right. But now it's totally legitimate. I think the NWA belt helps legitimize Cody, and Cody helps re-legitimize that NWA title. Right, right. So to see uh, Cody defending that belt on an NWA 70th anniversary show is a very big deal for Cody, I think. For Garrett Runnels, the man behind Cody or Cody Rhodes. And uh, that is very cool. Uh, and so I'm excited about that. I'm excited to see what comes out of this uh, 70th anniversary show for the NWA. Is it this? When they had their 1,000th episode of NWA, looking forward to all these people coming out. Oh, I know you are. (laughs) Did you enjoy SmackDown 1000? How can you let us know? There's a lot of ways to do that. Find us on Twitter at Refn Show Podcast, R-E-F-N-S-H-O-W-P-O-D-C-A-S-T. Find us on Facebook, like and share. We would appreciate that. If you want to, you can send us a Gmail at... The whole ref and show at gmail.com. T H E W H O L E R E F N S H O W at gmail.com. Or find us on Instagram at the whole ref and show. Instagram, the whole ref and show. That is right, folks. And uh, we do appreciate you stopping by once again. And uh, next week, we'll, of course, be talking about Fest Wrestling. And uh, the fest itself, we'll have our fest pre-show for We Are Family 2. A lot of exciting names already announced for that. That card is looking stacked, my friends. 
If you if you go to a Fest Wrestling show once a year, this is the one to go to while the Fest 17 is in progress. That place is insane. Downtown Gainesville is bonkers, man. And uh, we can't wait to be there and be part of the action and hopefully get to see you guys there as well. Uh, so until then, my name is Perry Smith. And my name is the incredible badass that is Darren Beasley. And we hope to see you next time, folks, on the only wrestling podcast that calls it right down the middle. The Hope Reffin' Show. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Men and